0: Hey everybody! We're back for another show. This is ATLians United Podcast. I'm ATL Joe, and I'm always joined by my co-host
1: Blake. Some people call me the Marshman.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for coming back for tuning in for one more show. Let's hear what Miles has to say. I'm Miles Robinson. Hello to all my ATLians. <laughs>
2: Probably catch me in the front row With a bad bitty body like a bongo We got the cup but we want more Cut your tail of boca, we got Leandro Everybody here alright, lie, And you know what it is, five stripes don't stop And you know what it is, we can cut up all the rest Now we gotta go start hanging above the crest They lost in translation, they not understanding me Joseph Martinez, Atlanta is family My city love me, Yolanda was mad at me I can't it clean but they stopped throwing trash We at got me. WrestleMania, Frank the boy MLS champs, gotta thank the Lord Boy we number one, what
1: you take us for Gotta shout Brought to you by the Creative Lofield. That's right, everybody. Welcome back in, and it's been a, it's been a little. It's been, oh no, how long has it been since we released an episode, Joe? It's been about two weeks, right? Yeah, it's been two weeks, and a lot's gone on in two weeks. Lots gone on. It's the beginning of a new era. It's the beginning of shall we call it the glass era? Dun dun dun. dun. Try them glasses on for size. The glass ceiling is limitless.
0: I hope you can't see through his glass tactics.
1: Atlanta United, so much glass, but it doesn't shatter. Good luck throwing a rock at that piece of glass. It's about time that we broke into MLS playoff contention again. All right, we'll stop with the glass talk. Joe, seriously, new era. It's, it's a new day. We have a manager. Yes, he's in an interim role, but he's coming in. And all systems at this point seem to be a go. Our players that were unavailable for the COVID Cup, which, by the way, <laughs> let's, just, let's just take a moment to applaud Orlando for making it all the way to the final of the Coronavirus Cup. They were going to get that beautiful, beautiful Coronavirus trophy. They were in their home city the worst city in the U.S., arguably, definitely, and they lost the final to Portland. Let's let's just let's just give it up for Orlando. Good effort, guys. <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> you get nothing out of that.
0: Everybody in Atlanta, I, I, I want to drink a beer with everybody. <laughs> um, I've already preemptively opened my beer, ready for this show, and. <laughs> <laughs> and this is to Portland, all you Portlandians doing it for Atlanta to, to just break Orlando's hearts
1: yet again. Cheers to Portland. The dream of the 90s is alive and well in Portland, and also the broken hearts of Mickey Mouse, purple-wearing Orlandoians. Is that even a word, Orlandoians? Yes, thank you for shattering their hearts, Orlandoians. Oh, poor poor <laughs> Thank you, Portland. <laughs>
0: Poor Thank
1: you, Portland. (laughs) We love your fan base. We love everything about you. We love that we were able to beat you in the MLS Cup a couple years ago. We're not going to talk about that, but thank you, Portland. Thank you, Timbers. I'll make sure not to cut down any trees this week for you. Moving on to Atlanta United, though, Joe. We have a lot to talk about, and we do have a new era. MLS Cup tournament is over. It's done. It's in our past, but it left some carnage. It left a lot of carnage. And the main carnage was that of our former head coach, and this might be the last time I ever say this on the show, Frank DeBoer-ing. deboer And it's also probably the, the end of our Total Tactique section, which is, yeah, you know, I, I doubt our listeners actually care about that section going away.
0: That was probably about the best thing that DeBoer brought to Atlanta was our Total Tactique. I mean, I, I,
1: I honestly, I loved the, a little bit the Dutch influence. You know, having traveled to the Netherlands, it's a beautiful country. I, I have nothing against the country, but now we have no more Dutch connections, so we're probably going to have to drop that one from our vocabulary. Well,
0: yeah, but you, you know, Blake, if, if Frank de Boer was a smart man, he would have followed in Tata Martino's shoes, and he would have listened to our podcast to get his tactical notes because Tata clearly listened to us every week, week in and week out. We had his lineup spot on Frank DeBoer not so much he He, he just he was just hard put to put his lineup in there week in and week out and he would not listen to what ATL United had to say what did that do for you Frank I don't think you have a job right now so why don't you join the rest of the unemployment population that is rising and I don't know why I brought that up right now
1: no I mean that's I apologize he's probably headed back to his home country which Unfortunately, it's handling the pandemic a little bit better than us. But I digress. We got news. We got breaking news. And I think we need to start off... Breaking news. I think news. we need to start off, Joe, by, by just kind of like coming full circle here. All right? We're about to take the field at Mercedes-Benz on Saturday night for our first home game since way, 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 way back when coronavirus was just a whisper. It was a rumor. Remember our very last home game at the Benz, Joe? It was kind of, uh, oh my gosh, NBA's, you know, might be canceled. Like there's been some some rumors of, uh, you know, the coronavirus spreading in the U.S. It still seemed kind of like this fictional thing that wasn't going to hit us. It was hitting Europe really hard. That was our last game at home, way, way, way back in March. And here we are today, and we're coming back to the Benz, and it's going to be completely empty, a 70,000-seat sphincter, Megatron's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just sitting there it's empty. It's going to be weird. It's going to be very, very weird, but let's go to some quotes from some of our players just so you guys can kind of catch up with with what's going on in our players head. This is from arguably our our co-captain, one of our leaders of the club, Jeff Lorinowitz. He said, when we got home, it was for us as a club, one of the lowest points in the past four years. That's uh that that's a statement. I mean, we've had a lot of ups and downs as a club. We've had some heartbreaking playoff losses, but for Jeff Lorenowitz to come out, who's been with us through thick and thin and say that that was our lowest point coming back from Orlando in the past four years, it really shows you the mentality of this club pre DeBoer leaving. We were down in the dumps and I mean, you could see the product on the field, Joe, but I mean, what do you, what do you take away from, from kind of that? I mean, was this our lowest moment as a club in the past four years? right before we let Frank DeBoer
0: go? Absolutely. You go three games losing one nothing, not scoring a single goal. I really don't want to go over it again because of how awful it was. and and Clearly, the players weren't getting along on the field. There was no fluidity. It had to be the low. There was no other low point. It's such a short history. We just got off to such a, a bang of a start. Year two, we win the MLS Cup. There's not really many low points in between those. I mean, there was a couple games here or there that we got trounced but we bounced back the next time and right away and and got a couple wins there may have been a low point last year where we got off to a very slow start but we turned that around and finished second in the east almost made the mls cup final so yeah as a short three-year history of the club we've had nothing but consistent high points with a small low point going straight back into the high points yeah So, yeah, it's very easy for this to be the low point of the club. Now, can we do what we've done in the past and take this very low point and flip it right back around, coming back with this six-game stretch? Can we go on and uh, tear and win a couple of games out of here? Maybe take uh, 10 points out of the 12 or something incredible like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple other low points that stick out to me. Uh, Losing the very first game at home, it was a beautiful moment. Our very first game in our history, but losing that game was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, Columbus Crew playoffs year one when uh, when you and I ended up in a holding cell after that game. Yeah, that was that may have been our low point as a club. That was definitely that was definitely (laughs) our low point. And then honestly, just it was so so tough. The next year after we got knocked out of the playoffs, we went into. The next season, which we ended up winning the MLS Cup with so much hype, but uh, I was in Houston for that game that we just got demolished. I think it was 5 or 6 nothing, uh, the first game of the season. And that, that, for me, is a real testament to how our club has rebounded and responded. We went on to win the MLS Cup. That game was counted as a preseason game for all intents and purposes. But I, I really think that this can be a huge turning point for our club, for our team. And yeah, we're not going to have any fans in the bins, but maybe that's what we need right now is a new coach, a fresh start, and no pressure on these players. So let's hear from Brad Guzan here, Joe. He said that the team since Glass has come in and Frank DeBoer's exited is 100% much better. I don't know if that's the best English from Brad, but that's what he said. (laughs) he said tactically all all these spanish-speaking players are really rubbing off on him yeah 100% (laughs) much better we much we're much better uh but he said with tactically and with organization and training we're much better and then he kind of poses a question which I like this from our captain he says who do we want to be as Atlanta United we want to be this attacking team and I think the understanding the responsibilities of everyone on the field including attacking players of how to exploit space where to exploit space that part has been very good much better in training since glass came in much more direction. If that direction isn't clear, then that's when we'll have to go back to having those little conversations with coaching staff. So this is some veteran leadership from Larry and from Guzan, Larry admitting, this is our lowest point in, in our club's history, Guzan coming in and essentially bashing Deboer but also saying that, you know, we are doing much better in training. We're looking to exploit space. But he did kind of hint at his influence in the team. Obviously, Brad is getting up there in age that if the direction's not clear, which it hasn't been in the past, then he's gonna go back to having those little conversations with the team. So it's really about rebuilding our identity. And uh, and I feel like Brad's Brad's leading the charge, even as a goalkeeper, pushing for for being an attacking team.
0: That little caveat at the end of that quote that you just had, the we'll have to go back to having those little conversations with the coaching staff. Just makes me think of how many of those little conversations that he had with the coaching staff or Frank DeBoer, and clearly there was just like a divide between the two. Maybe you're like you're talking to a wall or talking through an ear that goes in one ear out the other. And how many time after time? I mean,
1: he is a wall. Yeah. But. I mean, Brad, Brad is a wall, so it'd be a wall talking to a wall <laughs> if, you, if you really want to really get technical with it. But yeah, I mean, Frank DeBoer, I mean, you see him on the sidelines. I mean, he it, it's the most stoic guy I've ever seen. Can you imagine trying to like, you know, have a little conversation with him? Like, hey, coach, so we're not really playing well. And it's just like, I hear nothing. This is probably, probably Frank DeBoer's response. I hear nothing. Total football, uh, but yeah, <laughs> a wall talking to a wall. Yeah. Anyways, anyways,
0: moving on though. I mean, new era. We got the glass era. How's it going to be? It already sounds like the players are are vibing much better. It, it sounds like the players came home from Orlando just hating life in Atlanta, which was we never want to see. But now, just a week or two later, that they're loving it. They're getting back to having fun with soccer. And they're going to go out, and maybe we'll start seeing glimpses of how we wanted to see Atlanta United to start the season, and maybe we'll get some more flair back into the team, more excitement, more energy. And so so this is very exciting news. And then more exciting news, Atlanta United did sign a new player this past week. Everyone thought maybe it would have been Jonathan Gonzalez, but no, not just yet. We signed a new homegrown player, Efren Morales. Do you know anything about this kid, Blake? I know that he's 16.
1: He is the eighth player in our history, our club history, to sign as a homegrown player. And I know that our, our front office is really high on this guy. Uh, Carlos Bocanegra said that he's been with us since we started the program in 2016. So he's been in the academy for a long time. He's a local kid. He understands the Atlanta United philosophy. And they're eager to see his continued development. So coming up at just 16, you know, he's been called up to the the U.S., uh, U-15 national team in 2018 and 2019. Uh, he he's, you know been a part of the Atlanta U-17s, and he was most recently called into the U.S. U-17 national team camp in February, uh, just of this year. Um, so he, he, he's a potential player in the 2020 U-17 FIFA World Cup. Uh, so I, I think that there is a lot of hype for this guy. Comes from Decatur, Georgia. Um, grew up in Sewanee. He's just 16 years old. He was born in 2004. That's absolutely insane. But he's tall, man. He's 6'3, big defender. And and why not? Another, another Decatur boy falling in the footsteps of Alec Khan. I, I think that this is uh this is incredibly exciting for our future. And this is really the goal of our club, is to bring up youth. And, and we've put a lot of investment into our academy. And and I do like that Bocanegra says that he understands the Atlanta United philosophy. But I also question, what is the Atlanta United philosophy? And are we getting back to that? Because Brad hinted at it in his quotes, and then Bocanegra brings it up when he's talking about Morales coming into the team. So maybe we really are looking to get back to our roots, get back to that attacking style that made everyone fall in love with this club when we first started. So uh, all all that being said, exciting times, and I'm glad this kid is uh, is getting called up, and and we got another homegrown player.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's very exciting to have this. Maybe it's not something that moves the needle right now this year, but it's another homegrown player, as you said. And as we develop, you know, when we look back six, seven years from now, and see the all these youth and homegrown players starting to make the first team or or being long stays on the first team we'll see the development of our youth system see how many of them we've moved on to europe you know i'm still very hopeful that george bello becomes such a great player that we can move him on to a a top european club in the near future so this is a great signing for the future right now and it's nothing that's going to go on right now and like i said earlier it's it's not the jonathan gonzalez signing that we're all hopeful for you and i last week We're so adamant that Gonzalez would have been part of our team by this episode. Well, Blake, that hasn't happened yet, and news just came out that it may not happen at all. We might have to wait till winter in January for them to sign.
1: Yeah, if he signs with us. I mean, there's a lot of European clubs that are interested in Jonathan Gonzalez. He's a hot prospect, and that's just natural, but it does look like he's going to stay with Monterey until January. Um, That's been breaking news. You know, something to hit on here, Joe, while we're talking about you know Morales coming in. You, you talked about Bello coming in. Uh, obviously, Alfonso Davies is probably the most successful story of the MLS moving to Europe right now. Miguel Amaron's played really solid with Newcastle. We love Miggy. Played great, but but recently, Alfonso Davies uh, just yesterday clinched his place in the Champions League final, and they're going to play against PSG. Um, so, Alfonso Davies is someone that George Bello should be looking to emulate. It is possible, even as a left back, they play the same position to develop in the MLS and go on. And now we have, uh, you know, an MLS player just just a little over a year ago is in the Champions League final, essentially the Super Bowl of world soccer. So that's exciting to see. I'm excited for our development. It's a bummer on Jonathan Gonzalez, but I think we have a squad that can start to get results.
0: Yeah, and and for Jonathan Gonzalez right now, I wouldn't hold. I'll say it's a complete bummer. Uh they did the same thing with Pizarro going to enter Miami saying that it's not gonna happen. And then a week later it happened. So it's not over per se. Uh or Atlanta United might just move on and look for another available defensive midfielder like New York uh NYCFC just posted Keaton Parks, who plays the same position, on their transfer list. They they're ready to move on from him. That could be another guy we move on to. So there's still a potential that Atlanta United's going to sign somebody, being that the transfer window just opened this week on the 12th, and, and so it's it's, it's going to be open until October. We are most likely going to sign someone before the end of the season to play that defensive or box to box midfield role. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think we need another number eight more than we need a number six. I, I really do feel like with. With, honestly, what I've seen from Rometty, I know he's got the potential. He can play a really solid position. And then Jeff Lorinowitz still has legs in him. Those are two defensive midfielders. I I really think we need to be looking more at that Nagby replacement. But time will tell. Time will tell. Um, In in actual verified news, Eric Lopez is training in, in Atlanta. He's not been loaned to the first team yet. It's expected to happen soon. Interview with Eric Lopez came out that said basically the Atlanta United front office guaranteed him that he would be loaned up or transferred over to the first team. So our front office working their magic. Eric Lopez coming in. That's an exciting player we've talked about in previous episodes. Indefinite news, Joe, the 2020 U.S. Open Cup has been canceled. This is something everyone kind of expected, but it is official now. Very unfortunate. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, we are still the US Open Cup champions for another year, which is which is the positive. And Portland took that spot by winning the MLS Cup is back tournament. They're going to get that automatic Champions League qualification and CONCACAF for next year. So that essentially replaced it.
0: Not so fast, Blake. Theoretically, that's going to be the easiest way to move it into what uh, the U.S. Open should have been. However, when they did the MLS back tournament, they said the U.S. Open Cup still going on. And so that spot replaced the non-supporting shield winner, conference winner. So... Not necessarily. We might have another MLS's back tournament in the end. The MLS is back, back tournament.
1: Back to the <laughs> ba- back to the back.
0: Back to the MLS's back tournament. Back to the MLS's back.
1: I'm getting crazy. Back to the future vibes here. Back to the future two. Back to the future three. Okay. Uh, let's talk about what we got coming up, Joe. Let's get back to Atlanta United and what's on our radar in front of us. And it all starts Saturday night, like I said, in an empty Benz. I know everyone's going to be tuning in. 7 p.m., Nashville. Going back to our first game of the season, we get a rematch, Fox Sports South. That's an exciting one coming up. Then on Wednesday, it's it's coming hard. It's coming fast. We got Inter-Miami, our first matchup with LGP and David Beckham's team. That's going to be at Miami, 8 p.m., Fox Sports South. And then next Saturday, well guess what we got we got Orlando so three games Orlando within within seven days uh, we're coming back fast and and honestly I couldn't be more excited to see us back on the pitch it's we have nowhere to go but up from here we have nowhere to go but up and and so time will tell how this all plays out but we got a we got a great slate of games coming up. A lot of local teams here. I think they're trying to keep the teams from traveling too far early on with this return. So Nashville, Miami, Orlando, two Florida teams and a Tennessee team. It's going to be exciting times here, Joe.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be exciting to finally get to see Atlanta United back on the pitch again. And maybe we might score a goal this time. (laughs) That would be very exciting. Or we can all pretend like we scored a goal.
1: and just We can always always pretend we scored a goal and go crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. About the... If we haven't scored a goal by the fiftieth minute of every match, we should just pretend like we scored a goal and just go a goal? crazy. Fiftieth yeah, minute, a, we'll I make that a a happen.
1: Cham- I got a bottle of champagne ready. I'm just gonna spray it all over my house. Just yeah, we did it. Uh, so, Joe, that's pretty much all I got for news. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to change our section. Like I said, I mean, we're gonna have to count on our wonderful producer Britt to come up with a great new rocking intro for. The atln united Podcast, brand new, special section. This is the glass half full tactics.
0: Oh, I see that. I see that. That's a good one. I don't know. I I can't even do another pun on top of that. I think you just nailed it
1: first try I'm just, I'm just trying to stay optimistic here it's been a weird year it's
0: the glass yeah. half full tactics section it's a glass half full does that mean we're going so, we're uh, only going to fill out half of the tactics and then just let steven glass do it from there or no nah, we-
1: it's just he, he's kind of half of a manager cuz he's an interim manager but we're not going to view that glass half empty we're going to view it half full that's 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 my motto here so joe we 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 got a pretty good squad we really do and so let's talk a little bit about the transition we're going to see with Glass. And I think that everyone around the club and all the reports coming out of training are that we are going to switch back to four at the back and play our 4-3-3 Atlanta United, if you will, quoting B- Bocanegra, Atlanta United philosophy style moving forward. So that being said, Joe, I think we need to talk about the team we have, the squad we have, and how Glass picks up the pieces of the uh, shattered glass that Frank DeBoer left behind. So what do we got? Let's kind of talk about our depth chart and our lineup here because I know it's top of everyone's mind. We had some players that weren't available for Orlando for the MLS's Cupback Tourney. We've got a full squad. We've signed some new players. How are we How are we shaping up as a squad? And then, and then we can kind of dive into what our starting 11 might look like Saturday night, Wednesday night, and beyond. But... Let's kind of start with, with our defense here, Joe, and the position that everyone's going to know our depth chart on. I mean, we got, we got Guzan and Khan as our two goalkeepers. But from there, how do you see us lining up? Assuming we go back to the back four, you know, we, we, we brought back Anton Walks this year. Uh, we, we still have you know, Bello on the squad. He, he's featured very sporadically. Escobar doesn't really know if he's a center back or a right back. So how do you see us lining up on Saturday and beyond from a back four perspective, Joe?
0: Well, you know, you said Anton walks. I I totally see him as a depth piece. And when he's played, he's played very solid. And I like him getting in the game. Uh, But he's center back, right back. And sometimes in England, when he was over there, he played center defensive midfielder. So maybe we might even see a stint with him there. But not too much more than coming off the bench or filling in for hurt or fatigue players. So you know that Miles Robinson and Meza have the center backs locked down. So that leaves Escobar as another center back, or I like him in the preferred right back position where he's going to have a position battle with Brooks Lennon. Who's also a right back or right wing back. But if we're going to four in the back, I think the best right back that we have would be Escobar. And then that leaves us to the left back side and he may not be the best, but in my mind he is. And he's got definitely the most upside of anybody on our team and that's George Bello, so you know maybe Barco has more upside, but it's it's close when you're talking about where they're at right now and how much better they can be five years from now. I think Bello has a lot of room to grow, and I would just love to see him there week in week out, especially on a season that started like this. I'm I'm willing to take the risk and see Bello as much as Joe, possible. Joe. What was
1: that song you had for Bello? It was uh, I'm trying to think back.
0: I just want to say Bello. No.
1: I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I think it was. Bello, Bello from, from the other
0: side. side. I think it was the
1: left back side. But yeah, that's uh, it. One. Uh, he scores a goal another time. He almost scored a goal in MLS's back turny. That was probably our best shot on goal when he launched it off the crossbar.
0: Yeah, he needs to give Pity Martinez some lessons on accuracy. Because he's slightly more accurate than him. But
1: I will say this: we have a lot of versatile players on our back line. I mean, Meza and Robinson are pretty much secured to center backs, but Escobar and Walks can both play center back or right back. Uh We got George Bell on the left hand side. We also have Castillo,
0: and, and we also have Mulroney. But I
1: really think Mulroney's natural position is is forward, more forward up the pitch, and I think that's what we're going to revert back to personally. Just kind of jumping ahead here, I see Brooks Lennon moving up to more of a backup right wing slash right winger, and Mulraney moving up to a backup left wing, uh slash left winger in this four three three formation. We're assuming we're going to play if it's not like a four two three one. So th- that's kind of something we got to keep in mind. Is I think with our style of play and what we're trying to hammer down as the Atlanta United philosophy moving forward with Stephen Glass and then whoever becomes manager after him is building that 4-3-3 attack that we had in the past. And let's talk about the midfield, and then we'll get to the to the front three. We got a lot of midfield players on our depth chart. We got, you know, the the, the regulars you expect. We got Lorenovitz and Rometty. We got Heinemann. We got Adams. We got Risotto, which we haven't seen much of, but I'm excited to see more of. And then we got PD Martinez. And that's six players for three positions, Joe. And I feel like all of them could offer something to our team, except for maybe Adams. And I hate to hate on Adams, but I just haven't been impressed with what I've seen so far. But how do you see our midfield three shaking out under this new glass half full strategy?
0: Well, I I think you and I both agree that it's going to be uh, something, some version of the four three three tactic. And, and for me, it'll it'll make more sense when I throw in my attacking players. But I, you know, I already. L- Said the back line, you got Meza Robinson flanked by Escobar Bello. I'm going to do three midfielders where they're going to be very compact in the middle. I'm going to play two maybe defensively-minded first players like Jeff Lorenowitz and Eric Rometty side-by-side, where Lorenowitz is going to be your defensive shield. He is going to sit deep and and be that last defender, which will allow Escobar or Bello to to go up and down the field at free will. And right beside him, I'm going to have Rometty, Play more of a box to box role, but he's he's always defensively minded first. So and right in front of them, in sort of a triangle, the peak of the triangle is going to be Pity Martinez. That's my three midfielders having Lorenowitz, Rametti, with Pity Martinez right ahead of him. And you give Pity Martinez the freedom to just run in the attacking half of the field, just being a center attacking midfielder, full blown. And so right behind Pity, if he ever loses the ball, your first flank of defense is going to be Eric Remetti who's also going to be someone who's going to cover for if Escobar bombs down the right side, playoff Escobar style. You got Eric Rometty who's going to fill in the, the void of the right back that Escobar just avoided. To me, that makes the most sense. Uh, I don't. I know that you thought maybe a little bit different and, and you might be more right than me, but if I were a manager, that's what I'm going to throw out as my midfield.
1: Yeah, you no, know, I agree with you. I think that's a really safe lineup in terms of preventing goals from being scored. I think we also have to think about... Who fills that Nagby void? And I'm gonna keep calling it the Nagby void until we have a player that steps up and plays that box to box role. But I think it's time for Emerson Heineman to earn his paycheck. And and I think that what we're gonna see is a rotation between Larry and Remedi because Larry just doesn't have the legs to play three games in a week. And that's what we got coming up. We got three games in a week. I love Larry, but he doesn't have three games in a week in a So I think we'll see Larry and Rometty rotating in that number six position, that defensive midfield position. And I think it's time for Heinemann or possibly Risotto to step up and fill the void of that eight, of that box-to-box connector between our defense and our attack. And we paid Heineman a lot of money. He's been less than, than great so far, but I think we need to give the guy a chance and this would be his time to shine. New manager, no pressure, empty stadium. What do you got, kid? But I, I totally agree with you. P. D. Martinez has got to play that 10. He's got to play that center attacking midfield role. And he has to be given full reign of creativity to distribute to our wings and to our forwards. So that being said, Joe, let's dive right into the wings and the forwards. We got a new signing up top who is essentially what it sounds like the plan is, is to replace Joseph Martinez until Joseph is back and then slot into that backup slot in in Cubo Torres. So we've talked about Cubo before, but is that who you expect to see starting against Nashville on Saturday?
0: Well, yeah, Cubo Torres is definitely going to be starting against Nashville, and his spot should be safe until Eric Lopez is, is available for the first team, if Eric Lopez is ever available for the first team. And if he's not available this year, I bet Eric Lopez is going to be very pissed off at the front office for not getting that job done. So there will be a position battle there once Eric Lopez is that next guy available. But for the short term, Cubo Torres is our guy. And we went out and spent money. We got him. We brought him in. I'm excited to see what he can do back in the MLS. He's definitely going to be a step up from Adam John and whoever else we were going to throw out there at that position. So, yeah, he has got it locked in. Uh, and then I'll, but I do want to go back at, to fill out the rest of the forward formation in that 4-3-3 and you said right before there that you want to see Pity Martinez at the number 10 in that center attacking midfield and yeah that's why I had him too but honestly I could also see Pity Martinez being on that right field I just think with our current form he f- fits best in the middle because of Jurgen Dam one of our best signing during off season number are we on the off-season number 3 of the
1: season? I I, I lost track.
0: Yeah, after off-season number 3 of 2020, Jurgen Dam was our best signing coming in. And so he is definitely going to take that right wing, right forward, right midfielder, whatever you want to call it position where we are just going to see how fast he is on the field. Put him in Mercedes-Benz on turf on a huge field, letting him run at or around or by all defenders it's going to be fun to see how damn can connect with his fellow Mexican counterpart and cubo Torres. Uh, damn has had an issue with crossing at Tigres. That was one of the, the reasons they wanted to get rid of him or he got relegated to the bench. They said his crossing wasn't on point. So I'm curious to see how that is. I'm really curious to see if he can cross to Joseph Martinez next year when that happens, yeah. but to round it out, the, the obvious position on the left side is going to be Ezekiel Barco. And I think a, that's the most locked in position. That's guaranteed is Barco on the left side of the field playing a left wing role. Yeah, I, I totally agree with
1: you. And then I think you know Mulraney and Lennon, We'll see both of them uh, filling in for Barco and, and, and Dam as they get, as they get tired. I think Adam John is probably uh, once once Eric Lopez comes into the fold. I think Adam John is essentially going to be our, our third string. Striker, And then with Joseph Martinez coming back next year, I, I think we'll go ahead and unload Adam John. He's essentially going to be an assistant coach at this point. Uh, but we still have Castro is one player that, that is on the depth chart that has been brought in on loan, that has showed some promise in getting into good attacking positions, hasn't really showed his finishing capabilities yet. But that's another player we could swat on the wing. So we, we do have some options up front. I do expect to see Cubo, Dom, and Barco as our front three coming out in Nashville. I'll be very surprised if we don't. But, you know, I'm not in training every day. I'm not seeing the glass half full like our new coach. And so, potentially, we could see a different player slot into those wing spots, whether that's Castro, Lennon, or Mulraney. But it's going to be exciting. I'm just ready for a fresh start. I'm ready to see our, our, our team hit the field. And when you look at our squad on paper, we, we got some good players. We got the ability to go out there and get goals. We just got to make it happen come Saturday night in the bench.
0: Yeah, Blake. Like, there's there's three things I see with this roster, and then coming back from the MLS's back tournament, we have upgraded our roster per se from that tournament by signing the likes of Jurgen Dam and Cubo Torres, and also getting rid of Frank De upgrades our tactics. So it's an upgrade. It's still without Joseph Martinez, so we're not going to be at peak roster, but we're better. And the other thing that I see is. There's just so much depth of very similar potential. There's a lot of good players that have room to grow, and we just, we're just we hoping to see their best potential, but we're, we're going to probably see something in the middle, from, something from their bottom performance in Orlando to their peak performance without Joseph, and, and I want to see what that is. So it's, it's going to be exciting over these next six weeks to see how it develops under the glass half-full tactics. Cheers, Joe. That being said, cheers to you. I'm ready to move on to Beer of the Week. I need a beer. Beer of the Week! Every week. Wait, did we get that wrong?
1: No, yeah, I, was, I was perfectly right. Everything's right in 2020. Joe, what do we got this week? We got one of our sponsors, Second Self Brewing Company. And Joe, I know that Second Self... Has been a beer that has been around Atlanta United tailgates for for a long, long time. Um, this is something that they've had great watch parties, been very involved with the club. But this is a new one. It's a fun one. It's called Game Night IPA. And if you, if you look at the can, it's got a old school Nintendo controller on the can, crafted in Atlanta, Georgia. This IPA, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and bust into it. You got your spike ready?
0: Uh, yeah, always. Let's see. Give me a little A-T-L. Oh, yeah.
1: So uh, the description of this beer is great. It's inspired by the late nights of carefree gaming back in a time when all we cared about was remembering the cheat code for unlimited lives. This hazy IPA is simple yet intricate. A A lot of hops, a lot of flavor. It's got some papaya, some mango, some citrus in it. And uh, I do love this. The second self-suggested pairings include tacos, barbecue. I'll just stop there. It includes tacos and barbecue.
0: It, when you bring tacos into the fold, you can't go wrong,
1: especially in the ATL. I just always think of Vamos, Vamos, ATL, and then I think of tacos, tacos, ATL. Tacos, 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 ATL. A-T-L. Tacos, 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 ATL. ATL. Anyways,
0: 6.1. Tacos!
1: A-T-L! We're having tacos. We're playing Nintendo. We're having a fun show tonight. Game night. You guys check it out. New beer from Second Self. It's, uh, it's in draft if the restaurants are open. I know some restaurants are, but you can also get it in cans. You can pick it up from the brewery and look for it in your local market or grocery store. Joe, I'm going to take a big swig here because we got a couple games to preview. And that was the preview of the preview. Now we're here at the actual preview. It's time for the Nashville preview. And Joe, we've already played Nashville once this year. Nashville got so much coronavirus that they couldn't come to the MLS Cup Is back tournament. And now... Conspiracy. Maybe it's a conspiracy. Now the Music City makes their first visit to the Peach, the Peach State. They're coming down. They're coming down to the Dirty South. And they got Atlanta United.
0: Let me give you my conspiracy theory real quick because it's just bubbling inside my head. They did not want to go to the MLS's back tournament and have a showing like Atlanta did and lose three games and just be god awful. They decided to sit back and train for a month to get ready to play Atlanta when they got got back. So they they're, they're tr- coming in just just ready to be a, the best team in the MLS, the best that they can be. However, they did just play two games against Dallas. Do you know how those, how those went?
1: Well, they they didn't they didn't go great. I mean, they did Get a a draw in their last match against Dallas, and then you know they got they got back to back clean sheets and they got their first win in their club's history. So it was kind of a big moment for
0: them. Yeah, uh, you say it's not that great, but for them, they're ecstatic. They got four points out of a possible six. That's pretty good for the a team that's never won. However, yeah, it, it was only one nothing aggregate out of two games yeah so, so they're also having trouble scoring the goal sc- scoring the ball they're having putting trouble the ball,
1: scoring goals putting the ball in the back of the net like that's how you score a goal so yeah they're having trouble doing that but we we've also had trouble doing that so you know uh, in terms of goals scored for the season uh it, you know nashville hadn't scored a goal since they lost to us two to one back in february february 29th to be exact then they lost one nothing on March 8th to the Timbers. Uh, they scored a goal August 12th. So March 8th to August 12th was just their gap between games. And then August 16th, they, they drew 0-0. Some pretty boring games down in Dallas. They were both played in Dallas at the Toyota Stadium uh, within, within the span of four days on Wednesday and Sunday. So... Uh, last time they played it was just eight days ago. They they are a little bit more match fit than we are coming into this game. We do have to we do have to throw that out there. They played two competitive games, whereas we've been uh, you know hanging out in Marietta doing whatever we're doing. So coming into the bins, this is an exciting game. I mean, it's really who knows who knows who's going to come out on top. We don't know what Atlanta United's going to look like. We got our glass half full approach, but Nashville also has a lot to prove. Brand new team. And this is their first visit to Atlanta. So a lot on the line here, especially for a new budding rival.
0: Yeah, absolutely a lot on the line. And what does Nashville bring to the table? Well, they got a, a couple players on their team that can make things interesting. You know, Dax McCarty, a long-term MLS player, kind of like a Jeff Larinowitz, Uh maybe a little bit more box-to-box than Jeff is, but he's going to be a solid guy in the middle. And then they also got right next to him, Anibal Godoy. They might have a better midfield pair when you're talking about box to box and defensive midfielder. And then above them, they got one of their other, I think he's a DP, and Hani Mukhtar. Uh, other than that, and Walker Zimmerman in the back. So they're, they're trying to build a decent lineup. But they they don't really have any players that stand out that are incredible. They don't have designated players on the level of Joseph Martinez or or Ezekiel Barco. And as as much as we love to hate on Pity Martinez, there's no one near his level on their team. Yeah, you know who's going to score their goals? They their only goal that they got during this past two games against Dallas came from David Akam, who came off the bench. But I think he's going to be a regular day starter. I don't know why he was on the bench that game because uh, I don't follow Nashville all that closely. But they also they got their Senegalese player in Badgie, and they got Abu Dunladi, a guy they got from Minnesota, who was in the draft with Miles Robinson and, and Julian Gressel, a guy that is yet to hit his full stride in the MLS. So they've got a bunch of teams that are just on the on the cusp of making other MLS rosters. Yeah. So in a, a perfect world when everything is right, Atlanta United goes out there and crushes this team but we beat, we played him just recently right before the break and we only beat him two to one in the game that Joseph Martinez went down injured. So that's something we got to go off of. can we get the same score same result? Yeah, player?
1: I mean it's gonna be tough. I mean uh, you know David Accom first off, really cool story. Uh, you know his his apartment got destroyed in March with the tornadoes that went through Nashville. So think of all that Nashville's been through as a city. Massive tornadoes destroy most of East Nashville. Um, his apartment was destroyed just months before his wife was due to give birth. And he scores a goal in the 86th minute, the first game back after their whole team gets ravaged with COVID, it, you know, it, it's just, I mean, they definitely got some great antibodies on the team, but what a crazy year for this guy. And what a crazy year for this team. He ends up scoring the winner for their first ever club victory. And Walker Zimmerman really saved that first game. He had a clutch sliding block and stoppage time. Uh, as I was watching the game, help the team get to the final whistle. I really think that Walker Zimmerman is the star of this team. And he's an incredible center back. I would love to have him on our team. I would swap him for Meza, even though Meza has impressed so far. But, uh, you know, Walker Zimmerman is going to be tough to get by, especially with our attack looking like it's looked. Um, and they've held, they've held two straight clean sheets. Uh, they haven't given up a lot of goals. They only gave up one goal to Portland. So I think they are a tough defensive team. You mentioned Dax McCarty coming into the fold. He is that box-to-box player, but he also will get back and make a tackle to break up an attack. So I think our challenge in this game is going to be breaking them down. I expect us to have the majority of the possession, but can we get one in the back of the net? That's going to be the real big question in this game because Nashville has been solid at the back.
0: Yeah, and then the reason they're solid at the back is they went out and spent money on Walker Zimmerman, who over the past couple of years has been one of the best, if not the best, defenders in all of MLS. So that he's gonna be he is their linchpin and the reason why they are so strong at the back. Yeah. Uh, but I do I it's gonna be a very good test, and I do love that we're going up against Nashville to start this MLS's back tournament. A tough defensive team, but not really tough the rest of the way around. Can Atlanta United prove? to the fan base that they can score a goal again.
1: Yeah, and this is, a, this is a tough opponent. Like, we don't need to underestimate them. I know we've already beat them once this year, but they, they do have a strong defense. Uh, they had 157 days <laughs> in between their, their matches, and then they've got two games that they've just played. So I do think that that will factor into the performance on the pitch. We, we've had another pretty long break since we got knocked out of the COVID Cup. So coming into this game, they're more match fit than we are. Does that show in the second half? Does that fatigue set in for our team or are we fit? Like have we been training hard in Marietta? That's kind of the big questions in my mind is can we break them down and can we match their fitness levels? So a lot to be decided on Saturday night. I can't wait. I'm just excited to see uh see a new and improved Atlanta United on the field.
0: Very good. And and Blake, this is a good time to transition. You know, but that that game's gonna be covered on Saturday, and then we'll move directly into a midweek game because these games are going to be coming hot and heavy at us. It's going to be Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for the next month. So it's going to be great. A bit a boatload of Atlanta United action coming your way. So our midweek game this week is none other than LGP's new team. Enter Miami. Enter Miami.
1: What an interesting club. Owned by David Beckham. Moves down to Miami. Lots of hype. And now they don't even really get to have fans for their first couple games. This is going to be down to Miami. This is going to be against LGP. And now they have a new signing Joe an uh, international signing that has made rounds amongst some top clubs all over the world, and, and especially in Europe, and, and, and Matt Tweedie. Uh So th- they've got some good players, and obviously the, the, the headlines are all going to be LGP rematch against Atlanta. But one, I really miss LGP, and two, this is going to be weird going up against him because I know he's not going to let us pass easy.
0: Yeah, and, and, but the other headline is the fact that they just got Blaze Matweedy as their second designated player. What, it's a very big signing. It is a signing that goes on to the MLS as a retirement league column because he's a 34 year old. But he was a, a routine starter on France's World Cup winning roster. You know, he only missed one game, and that was because of yellow card suspension during that run to the World Cup. In, in a solid midfield that has the likes of Ngolo Conte and Paul Pogba, he was starting up right next to those two studs and made a great run with Paris Saint-Germain for the bulk of his career, and most recently at Juventus was a mainstay on that team. This is a big signing here, and he instantly comes to the MLS as the best center-mid, box-to-box player in all the league. He, he trumps Darlington Nagby. He trumps Altuesta. He's, he comes right up at the top. I don't care how old he is. This is a huge signing for them. It's only going to bolster their roster. So, those are two players during this MLS's back tournament that that Inter Miami and Atlanta United were probably the two worst showings at that tournament. Well, Inter Miami went out and signed LGP and Blaise Matweedy to make them better. So, this is going to be a, a really good viewing party to see, especially with the likes of Pizarro who made his first starts at the MLS's back tournament. They got two designated players. Inter Miami trying to build an exciting team, kind of like the mold of Atlanta United back in 2017. But they're not, they did not hit it, hit the ground running just like Atlanta did back in those days. They, they've got exciting parts. You know, other twos I haven't mentioned was Pellegrini, who's a TAM level player. And then they also brought in League Win, who has made his rounds lately in the MLS, but he's still a very good contributor. So I'm curious to see how this game goes. But honestly, if we. Lose to enter Miami, it's it's going to be just like it was against Frank de, with Frank DeBoer. Yeah, I'm expecting two wins back to back. Blake. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting. Like we're playing two brand new clubs for for our first two games back from this tournament. And 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 besides their the new colors and and the new logos and and the new names, uh, their 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 full name is Club Internacional de football Miami. Uh, their nickname is the Herons. So if you guys haven't seen their club crest, they got two herons uh, whose butts are like touching with their heads sticking out the opposite direction. It's a pretty cool crest, and their colors are pretty cool too. Uh, pink, black, and white. So we might get to see some white and pink, uh, their home jersey. Uh, they, got, they got that new stadium, um, obviously, that, that's going to be its their temporary home, um, but they're still calling it Inter-Miami CF Stadium. Uh, until they build a new Miami Freedom Park Stadium in Miami. But it's it's an 18,000-seat stadium. Obviously, no one's going to be in it. But uh looks beautiful from everything I've seen. Should be great weather down in Miami. It's just going to be a fun one. It's a new team. We get to see a new team on the pitch, see what they're all about. Uh, technically, it's in Fort Lauderdale. That's so where they're going to be playing. But, man, I, you know, David Beckham, legend of the game, club owner. It's going to be really interesting just because – They got a point to prove, right? Just like Nashville has a point to prove, I think Miami's coming out there with a point to prove that we're in the MLS now. We got a point to prove. We're here to stay. And we're going up against a former MLS champion. So I think they're going to give us their very, very best shot on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, Blake. And and bottom line is I'm just excited that Atlanta United is back. We don't have to watch Frank DeBoer's boring tactics anymore. So we're moving on, seeing the glass half full Tactics coming right at you. What's Atlanta United going to do these two weeks? I hope when we come back next week and record our podcast that it is all glory and that we won both games. But all in all, honesty, I just want to see us score a goal, Blake. If we lost both games, four to three,
1: I would be thrilled. (laughs) I would be thrilled. I'd be like, "We're back, baby." Yeah, we might not get any points, but we got we got six goals. So instead of counting points. I would like to see five goals from these next two games, Joe. And I would have a positive taste in my mouth, no matter the results. I think optimistically, we get four points. I think more realistically, we split the series. We get three points. Um, but if we get six and we get and we get some goals on the board, hey, we're back, baby. We're not out of the playoff hunt. We are. We are. We got a long season ahead of us. You know, pending any more
0: uh, immediate halts. So yeah and and who knows the way that they are selling setting these schedules up you know we're probably going to be playing nashville and miami for like 10 games this year (laughs) yeah and so that's a that's a clear way into the playoffs for us yeah so we'll see how this goes so exciting times ahead guys we are
1: uh we're going to get back to pre-gaming for this matchup on saturday joe i know you got a, a new puppy to take care of and uh i don't even know if i should announce it on the show but you know, I know you got other things in the future that you got to take care of. So, um, I, for one, am going to get back to this very, very delicious second self game night IPA. And Joe, I'll let you get back to your evening. And we uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Joe, do you have any? Do you have any closing thoughts here?
0: Cheers to be back, my ATLN United family. Have a beer. Have a good night. See you guys next week.
2: We got Leandro, everybody here alright. rap, hola. You know what it is, Fast cash, don't stop. You know what it is, we can cut up all the rest. Now we got to go, start hanging above the crash. They lost in translation, they not understanding me. Joseph Martinez, Atlanta, his, his family. My city love me, Orlando was mad at me. I can't be clean, when they stopped and trash We got me. WrestleMania, friend the board. MLS champs. Got a double look, boy we number one. Would you take us for? Got a shout out all the blacks in the